Thanks for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. And I think we kind of have an exciting episode for everybody. I'm excited because you're back. I am back. I know. It's been like a month. Well, technically, I guess because we've been like transitioning my Lord and my God over to Draw Near, people have still like heard from me. Right. True. True. But for Draw Near episodes, it's been um, Shorties by Fred. And it's been two months since we've recorded anything new together. Yeah. I'm very grateful for all the hard work that you've put in to keep things coming and putting new things out. I've kind of... I don't know, like October was like a real, real rough month, if Mm. I'm being honest. We had, well, one, we had like a really busy first week um, where we were doing confirmation retreat. We had a parish mission and then we were in Texas. And then like the second we got back, I feel like my family was kind of hit a little hard. Uh, My grandpa, who um, he's just, he's been in a nursing home and he's kind of had struggled health for like 12 years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so he went into hospice care and then a couple of days later he passed away. So after hospice, uh, we were driving down to go see him and then we were two hours from the nursing home and we got the call that he had passed away. And so then we stuck around with family for a little bit and then a couple of days later made the trip again to go to the funeral and wake and everything. So it was one of those like bittersweet things because mm-hmm. I had actually gotten to see him um, recently. And after seeing him, I kept thinking about St. Therese and I was reading her autobiography again. I'm kind of still in that phase where I'm reading, um, her autobiography and she had referred to her dad's greatest suffering or, uh, seven years of great suffering. And mm-hmm. because he suffered from dementia and also, I think it was dementia, Alzheimer's. I think so. It sh- certainly sounds like that. It in was reading. So. Yeah. 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 And so, I just started crying and I started like praying every single night at that, like from that point forward that my grandpa would be able to find peace and be able to go to heaven. And you know, we lost my grandma a long time ago. And so it was sweet in the sense that Mm -hmm. I knew he was so much happier Mm -hmm. um, and he found peace and he, you know, he, he received a blessing and anointing at the end of his life and apostolic pardon. It was an apostolic pardon. Absolutely. So there was a lot of like hope in that. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely like the bitterness of grief right. and losing somebody. You'd, so You'd shared this beautiful story with me about a close call a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he had coded a couple years ago. And before that, I think it was my uncle who was telling my family the story before that he was visiting my grandpa and my grandpa didn't even remember the name of my grandma who we lost, I think it was 2004. Um, she had a heart condition and he didn't even remember her name. And then he got very sick and he coded. And when they brought him back, he was actually angry. And he said, why did you take, why did you bring me back? I was talking to Margaret, which is my grandma's name. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I thought it was a really beautiful witness to the afterlife. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, pray all the more that like he gets to go mm-hmm. see my grandma and see Christ. So it was a busy month, a hard month. Um, and then a lot of things, I think God's just in the process of like wrecking me a little bit. And a Chip Gaines kind of wrecking you, right? Like, okay, I know who Chip Gaines is. Right. You mean like Demo, like Demo Day? Day? Demo yeah. Day, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, demolishing. It is actually like that because then like they rebuild and they make it prettier. Right, so, fixer-upper, yeah. one of our favorites. Yeah, so I'm a fixer-upper for sure. Um, but that's kind of actually, it goes to our topic, I think, because we 
we want to do Alexio Divina about a scripture passage that Fred had actually shared and was like, hey, I think you need to read this. This is for somebody. He felt like led that this particular passage was for somebody out there. And so he shared this. And I think it was probably for us, actually, for both of us. But Funny enough. Yeah. yeah. Weird how it's God like, does oh, that. Oh, wait, I'm the one. <laughs> yeah. But maybe it's also for you guys listening. Um, and so it's going to be a Lexio episode, which actually we should share kind of the exciting news from October. It's very humbling, actually, when I'm not in any of the episodes and yet we hit our best episode <laughs> of the month or of the like ever. Right. We we hit our most downloads ever um, in October, which was very, very exciting. Month, in yeah. a single month. In a single month. Yes. Mm. In a single month. Very exciting. But looking back over the year, our highest downloaded episode one of them at least, was Alexio's Crippled Beggars. It was Alexio. So we know that you guys enjoy those, um, kind mm-hmm. of us reading a, a scripture passage and then sharing what we have gotten from it. And hopefully it gives you guys something. Yeah, uh, Kara, three of our top five episodes for the year have been the Alexio episodes that I we did. That. Yeah. And our top episode is also kind of humbling, I think. Yeah, It was Dad Jokes yeah. with Philip Grothis. Yeah, so it's like so, you don't even care to learn things from us. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so, except Alexio, which we're, we're grateful for. But a lot of this came out of, like Kara was saying, it was kind of a rough month for, I think in some ways for both of us. I know Kara, especially for you with all the things that you mentioned. But I just kept seeing somebody crying and sad and I couldn't make out their face as I was praying and um this song, I love Jason Upton, if any of our listeners are familiar, he's a praise and worship leader, very prophetic prayer ministry kind of. So it's not like your hill song, elevation worship kind of praise and worship, but he has this song that he sings with his daughter, at least on one of the versions. And so cute. She's probably like five or six, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. There's a God who sees. And I found myself like that song, I just kept seeing that image and I was praying with it. And I found myself like remembering that that's a thing in scripture, mm-hmm. the God who sees. Yeah. And it, I found myself going to where you first see that phrase is in Genesis 16. Mm-hmm. You, Hagar actually yeah. is the first person to actually use that phrase. And so I just wanted to share the, the Facebook post that actually inspired this Lexio episode. If I could real quick care before we get too deep into this, I just said, I don't know who needs to hear this. But if you're finding yourself in a place of feeling like life has just happened to you, maybe right now circumstances have presented themselves that leave you feeling bruised and broken, maybe even through no fault of your own, feeling like it's hard to get up. Maybe you're tired. Things seem too hard to fix. You're losing hope. If that's you, take courage, take comfort. There is a God who sees. And I'll finish that post after we do our Lexio. Oh, <laughs> that's perfect. I feel like you're being humble too, like with not sharing. You didn't just like see someone. You literally told me you heard. Right. I could hear, I could hear the crying in my prayers. Yeah. So I know there's somebody listening that needs, needs to hear to, this. Yes. Yeah. It's so. kind of funny too, because we just talked about doing this topic a couple hours ago. We're like, hey, mm. we should record this today. And it's funny because this morning I was listening to a podcast and it was titled, Where is God? Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is like a, a theme mm-hmm. just in in general. Like s- people need to hear this. For and sure. People yeah. are struggling, not even just just individually, but I think as a world, like where is God? Is he seeing so much of what's going on? Mm-hmm. So I think this is a really good topic, the God who sees. So we're going to do Alexio of 
Genesis 16. And if you're not familiar um, with who Hagar is, um, so basically the story of Hagar is Abraham, although it's Abram in scripture because he hasn't got his name changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And his wife, Sarah, who's Sarai, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Sarai. Sarai, okay, okay. Um, So she also hasn't gotten her name changed. But they have a slave or a maidservant Mm -hmm. named Hagar. And so she's a maidservant. She is from Egypt and she travels with them as they're kind of making their way to where God has asked them to go. And God gives them before... Genesis 16, so it's in Genesis 15, God gives the covenant to Abraham. And so he's telling him, you know, you're going to have a son, you're going to have descendants, you are going to have a great nation, you're going to have land, all of these things. And yet he is very old, 86 years old. Mm -hmm. Sarah is also in old age. And so Sarah takes it into her own hands and gives Mm -hmm. him Hagar to have this child with to make this promise come about. So that's really mm-hmm. what where we're picking up in Genesis 16. So if you want to follow along, starting right away in verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my maid. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my maid to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your maid is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, maid of Sarai, where have you come from, and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will so greatly multiply your descendants that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has given heed to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against every man and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. For she said, Have I really seen God and remained alive after seeing him? Therefore, the well was called, not even going to try and like <laughs> do that one. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. So if you want to know what the name is, go look. Verse 15, And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. So I end there because that's important. He was 86. <laughs> There's a hilarious episode of The Simpsons where they are captured. Take It's a Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. They are taken up. It was one of the very first episodes. Taken up by these aliens, one of them being James Earl Jones, who's the Darth yeah, Vader, yeah. of course. And he says, they ask what it, The Simpsons ask what his name is. And he responds, to pronounce it correctly, I would have to take out your tongue. Um <laughs> 
Is that when, what this as is? I'm looking at the original Hebrew for this, feeling a little rusty, not quite what I used to be, I feel kind of like that. Yes, that's what it's called. So you're not you're not going to say what it's called. Okay. So we'll just leave that. Yes. So in true uh, Lexio Divina style, we're just, n- normally you'd read it multiple times and you'd pause after each reading and you'd Awkward allow- on a podcast. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Um, so we'll read it one time because we've already read it several times and prayed with it before. So now we're going to talk about the passage. Um, some of it might be like teaching on the scriptural context of it, but also- Scripture is the living word of God. So even though it was written thousands of years ago, it is still alive in our hearts. It is still speaking truth into where we're at in our life. So then we're going to share that. Like, what does this speak into our life now uh, and where we're at? Fred, do you want to start? So what do you want to do a word? What word stood out? And then we'll do phrase. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Yeah, that works. I think for me, Kara, even when I had that initial thought in this was like a month ago when, you know, we, we mentioned when I saw that person crying, when I heard those tears and it was during this kind of, kind of rough month, I think for both of us in some ways, but what I have found myself feeling, and I'm sure we'll share more as we go throughout this episode, what I have felt, found myself feeling like a bit like the invisible man. Mm-hmm. Like I kept feeling that way a little bit. Invisible man, like does anyone, like I, I don't feel seen. Yeah. And so I think for me, the word that stands out is seeing. Yeah. That. Like you're a God of I, seeing. That God sees me. Mm-hmm. That despite how I feel, despite how, or have felt, like, because I can kind of relate to that idea of, Hagar in the story, she's often used as a negative example. Yeah. Like even Paul uses her as a negative example. And I think it's a, it's a fair scriptural analogy. There's all those things are true, but at the same time, a lot of what happens to Hagar here is not really her own fault. Or it's not her desire. Like she's not making this happen. Right. It's not necessarily her desire. It's kind of life happening to her. Things that are kind of forced upon her situation she's placed in. Yeah. And in those situations, she finds herself feeling helpless. Mm-hmm. She's a bond servant. She's a, a female slave who is given to her master in a way, yeah. in this way, by his wife. It would seem like forced to yeah. bear him a child. Right. And so you have to wonder what is the, what is the look looking with, Dis, you know, despising her, yeah, where it's yeah, yeah, looking with contempt. What does that mean for her? And in some ways, you can find well, that might be a little understandable given the circumstances. Yeah, but she's mistreated as a result, and she flees, runs for her life, trying to escape this. Yeah, she probably feels pretty unimportant, yeah. pretty unseen, and yet God reveals Himself to her in such a beautiful way. Even this person that doesn't inherit, seems to not inherit the blessing of Abraham, that covenant that we just were talking about, God still sees her. She's not a part of the promise, but God still sees her. Mm -hmm. You know, it it shows wherever we are, God loves you and sees you. I don't know. That stands out to me. I know. I have a lot in that that I feel like stands out. Like when she, when it says that she looked with contempt upon her mistress, I had to like look up what that word often in scripture means Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's 
it's a root of pride. And I feel like I could see both sides where Paul talks negatively about her. Like I can see that maybe what she was dealt in areas that could be suffering or what she was gifted in, you know, to bear a child and conceiving that it could definitely be a source of pride um, in her life. Like, Oh, look what I could do when you could not do this. And so there could be this level of like almost looking down upon her or casting Mm -hmm. uh, Sarai out Mm -hmm. because now she has, I'm just going to call her Sarah and Abraham. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Cause that's going to mess me up. (laughs) Okay. Um, but like there might be a level of pride because now she has done what, what she knew Sarah couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so I can see it from that perspective, but I definitely see the other side where exactly what you're saying, Fred, like she was dealt a really rough hand where mm-hmm. she almost had like no say on what was happening to her. Even then after where she looked with content on Sarah and Abraham basically cast her aside. Like, this is now his wife. He took her as his wife. Right, right. And he's like, she's your maid. Deal with her as you want. It's like, wait a second. Right. Is she not your wife? And yet mm-hmm. he's allowing her and it says she, she dealt harshly with her. Mm-hmm. It's like, what exactly does that entail? We don't know. Right. And so, yeah, there could be this level of not even just despising her because you have now done something she couldn't and there maybe there's pride in your heart, mm-hmm. but also because of what she has brought upon you in your life and this suffering. And I actually think there's a really beautiful lesson and this kind of actually goes a little bit to like my October and just God kind of, you know, destroying me and rebuilding me on demo day mm-hmm. and stuff. I just think that um, when something is brought upon you that you, you have zero say over it. Mm-hmm. What God asks of us is forgiveness. And so I do think like when she when she still despised her and looked upon her with content and looked at her situation that way, she wasn't dealing with it in the best way. Mm-hmm. However, I love that it says you're a God of seeing because even in the midst of like her pride, her sin, her despite of Sarah, even in the midst of her unforgiveness where she might be called to forgive or receiving suffering in a good way, like so many of the saints, like God's there in the midst mm-hmm. of that. And she sees that he's there with her and he's mm-hmm. still going to even bless her. Yeah. I actually think that was just me commenting on your part. The word, the word that <laughs> stood, the word that stood out to me um was right at the beginning of the passage when Sarah's like, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. So go to my maid. And then she says, it may be that I shall obtain children by her. So the word that stood out is maybe mm. for me, because I think a lot of times in my life, and I'm sure many in many people's lives, we try and make things happen. Yeah. And I think yeah. I see this in Sarah. Like, I don't think her intentions were... Um, were necessarily like poor or whatever right. in putting this on Hagar. Mm-hmm. I think she just was like, well, God promised this and I can't do it. So maybe this is how we do it. And she like took it into her own hands right? Um, to give this to Abraham because she couldn't, as opposed to having faith and trusting in God that he's going to bring it about how he said he would bring it about. Right. Does that make sense? It does. I'm thinking of the irony of how that chapter begins and how it ends mm-hmm. and commenting on, your point back and like it's like we're playing scriptural ping pong here. <laughs> um the lord has prevented me mm-hmm. it may be this way yeah we all do that we all like if the lord's given us a promise or we feel led a certain way if it doesn't happen the way we want it we can try to make it happen but the answer to that is what hagar comes to realize at the very end of the chapter mm-hmm. you are the god who sees yeah if you 
aren't in a place where you're allowing yourself to see God as the God who sees, the loving Father, then you are going to believe that the Lord has prevented you Mm -hmm. from doing the thing that he promised you. Right. And so I think in some ways there's a, there's a resolution there where if Hagar comes to the right conclusion that if Sarah would have had that view of the God who sees at the beginning, this probably wouldn't have happened. Is that making sense? Yeah, it does make sense. It reminds me of uh, yesterday. Fred does this thing randomly where he will text and it'll just be like, Daniel 3, Psalm 119, <laughs> like zero context. Right. <laughs> I'll just send a scripture verse. Yeah. And then I'm like, come on, Fred, I'm in the middle of something. But I guess right. I'll go like look up this 172 <laughs> verse chapter in the Psalm book of Psalms. I don't know, the Lord told me that. That's what, so there it is. <laughs> yeah, so, so he texted yesterday, Psalm 119, and I started reading. I was like, this is 172 <laughs> verses. Like, what exactly are you thinking in your head? Anyways, it reminds me of one of the, uh, it was verse 153 and 154. It says, look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to thy promise. And I think that in Sarah's case, she did not remember his promise. Right. You know, and I think we actually see, I think Hagar is actually a perfect example of the scripture. Look on my affliction and deliver Mm. me and give me life according to thy promise. God, he's a God who's seeing and looking at her, but also he's giving her the promise of the covenant that he gave to Abraham. Because, because if, if you're not as familiar with the promises of the covenant of Abraham, he's saying he's going to give these things to his descendants. Mm -hmm. And now... Ishmael is one of his descendants who is now going to get a great kingdom. Like, let me read this passage. It's in Genesis 16, verse 10. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will so greatly multiply your descendants that they cannot be numbered for the multitude. That's exactly what, uh, what Abraham is told in the chapter before in Genesis 15, verse 5. And he brought him outside and said, look towards heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. So shall your descendants be. So unable to number because you cannot number the stars. That's exactly what he's saying to Hagar about Ishmael. So he's mm-hmm. faithful to to his promise while Hagar is like in the middle of this affliction. Right. And she's being dealt with so harshly. Mm-hmm. What was the phrase then for you, Fred, that stood out? I feel like we skipped over a word and we just made that we a phrase. But yeah, it really, it really was If the you phrase. have another one. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of sitting in awe like of how in this scripture, because we didn't necessarily, this is not one we necessarily planned out before we went into it. It was no. like, hey, the kids are asleep. We've got some time. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do I this. I mean, we planned it in the sense of like over the last month we've been praying with this passage. Yes. Yeah. But it's just fascinating to see how all these kind of scripture verses that have been a part of what we're going through (laughs) this past month are are converging in the story like gosh i'm I'm just going back to 119 psalm 119 153 through 154 again look on my affliction and deliver me for i do not forget thy law plead my cause and redeem me give me life according to thy promise sarah that's your answer yeah Um, abraham that's your answer look on my affliction what's my affliction lord you promised me yeah. That I would have an heir. I am 86 years old. I'm barren. Yeah. And I have nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have all these riches, but I haven't given, you have not given me the thing you promised. And it's not the Lord preventing. It's like losing sight of that. Yeah. Lord, you promised. He's the God who sees. Yeah. 
Like he sees us in our affliction. I mean, even going back to Daniel three was one of those scripture random passages, text. random that I sent you. And it's, it's for those of you that aren't familiar, it's Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They're f- thrown into the fiery furnace because they won't worship Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. And they're so confident that the Lord will save them mm-hmm. in the fire. But even in that confidence, they say, even if he doesn't save us, we'll still not serve you yeah. and we'll still not bow. And what happens? He sees them in that fire and he's, he's the fourth man in the fire. The angel comes and delivers them. Like they, there was a confidence in that God who sees me in this moment. He sees my affliction. Yeah. I feel like then we have to call out like, so if you are somebody who's listening and we have so much more we're going to talk about, but if you're somebody who's listening and you just feel like, where the heck is God in all of this? Or where has he been? Or does he see me over here struggling? He is a God who sees. Now, sometimes his seeing is a little quiet and it takes a little longer than we want it to, but there's always a purpose in it. And I think Hagar didn't necessarily know that purpose. And Mm -hmm. maybe there was pride in her contempt. And maybe Sarah didn't really know the purpose of being barren. And yet he's calling both of them to a great faith and a great charity and a great call in salvation history. Mm -hmm. And so I think as we wait, as he sees, but maybe we're waiting and we don't think he sees us or we're frustrated, like just having that trust that he's moving within our hearts, he's moving in situations, Mm -hmm. maybe in other people's hearts, and he's bringing about something even more beautiful. It's demo day. Yeah, It's demo day for all of us. (laughs) Shout out to Chip Gaines. Let's go. And he's bringing about something even more beautiful within each of us because he knows what you're going through. Yeah. In the barrenness of the desert, he's bringing forth new life. He's doing something. There's something at work, whether it's in our hearts or in situations around us. There's a purpose for all these things. And it's easy to mistake silence and even the suffering in the silence for not being seen. Yeah. And I totally get that. I mean, I've, we've certainly felt that way. But the truth remains, again, he sees. Kara, another one of those scripture verses that we talked about that I randomly texted you. I will pull it up. It's from Romans 8. It's one of my favorite scripture passages. I feel like you need to bless the world with your random scripture thoughts. So just on Facebook, like, or just like no context, Romans 8. Yeah. <laughs> like that'll be the post. Yeah, there's a, I'm even thinking of, there's a, there's a, a, in case you haven't heard, there's a little bit of a kerfluffle in the Catholic world as of late. And my commentary on that was simply from John chapter 17, 21 through 24, I believe it is. And that's who all you will ever hear on that mm-hmm. from me because that's what the, the that's Lord what came you. to me yeah. in prayer. That's what that's all I need. I don't need to voice my opinion. Yeah. I just want to know what Jesus says. Yeah. And that's what he says. Yeah. So What does he say in Romans? Tangent aside. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 31 through 37 basically. I'm going to skip a couple verses, but it's 831 through 37. What then shall we say to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, will he not also give us all things with him? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died. Yes, who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. This is the money line. You ready, Mm Karen? I'm ready. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? 
Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a God who sees. Yeah. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows you. He sees you. He sees what you're going through. You're not alone. You know what I like in that passage? It says he didn't even spare his son. Right. So what did his son do? Well, he suffered and died for us, and he didn't even spare his son. So exactly. like, like we should not count ourselves unlucky as we go through suffering. We should count ourselves united to Jesus. Right. And God brings about such good in that. But also it's because he sees you yeah. that he did that. Yeah. <laughs> if you were the only one that would ever come to know him, he would have done the same. Mm-hmm. It's easy to forget that in the midst of our feeling not seen, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of feeling like Hagar might, and we're kind of like, we're allowed to speculate in this way with biblical stories. That's what's so beautiful yeah. about Lexio. Yeah. Like in the midst of feeling like life has been hard, all these circumstances have found themselves to me. Um, for example, the house that I live in now with my family, I didn't want to buy this house. <laughs> I still don't want to own this house. <laughs> but circumstances happen yeah. and there was no other option. Right. I can complain about that. I can grumble. I can be unhappy or I can just be grateful that we even have a place to live. Right. Example. It's not the best example. No, it's a good example. But there's a lot of those things in life. Like we just feel like they happened. We didn't get a choice. Where just life just happened to us. But even in the midst of those happenings, God still sees you. Yeah. One of the phrases from uh, Genesis 16 that stands out that I think goes with that, it's the angel of the Lord found Hagar and what he asks her is, where have you come from and where are you going? Mm-hmm. He already knows the answer he to does. that. And it reminds me a lot of the road to Emmaus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where Jesus like, he's like, oh, what what's happened in Jerusalem? Somebody died? Who died? Yeah. <laughs> he knows the whole story. Right. And yet he allows the disciples along the walk to share their inner hearts, their inner thoughts, all these things. And I feel like that's what I... I hear here is the angel of the Lord asks Hagar, where have you come from? Where are you going? He knows exactly where she's come from. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly what she's been through and he knows where she's going. And yet he wants her to open up her heart to him. Right. And I think I relate the most to that, especially like over this past month, because I've definitely been like that person who's like, where like excuse me but where the hell is god in this and like he's gotten an earful we gotta have the potty language intro sorry he's gotten an earful y'all think you know you know feisty kara like he got he got spicy real mad kara and he asked me he asked for it though you know it was one of those things where i i i don't even know how to explain it i tangibly could feel myself pushing down certain feelings that i had and certain questions that i had like it it's it was like a tangible like don't let that feeling, those feelings come up. Or if I would like start crying or something, I'd be like, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I like, I could feel myself like you don't need to talk about it or deal with it. Mm. And it was literally like, God was like, let me have it. Like I need to have this. And it wasn't like, let me have it. Like come cuss at me. Although that was like part of it. (laughs) It was like hand it over to me and you can't hand it over to me unless you let me actually like have it and tell me what you're going through. And some of that was really hard and really frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I see that so much in this, where have you come from? Where are you going? It's like, sometimes you need to tell God, where are you? I don't feel seen because when we 
are able, at least this is how he's dealt with me. And he's poured out so many graces upon my life in those dark moments, because in those dark moments, that's where I turn to him the most and Mm. give him like the most of myself. Right. And I feel like he needs so much of that from us where he already knows where you're at. He already knows where you're going. He mm. already knows what you're struggling with before you know what you're struggling with. And that's how it's been for me for like two years. He already knew mm-hmm. what I was struggling with. Right. I just wasn't really open to like telling him mm-hmm. and getting angry and being honest. And once I did, then that's where he speaks into it and he heals it. And I right. see this with Hagar, like she's going through it. And yet he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to fulfill my promise within your son. And I'm a God who sees, mm. but it wasn't until he asked her that like the Lord the angel of the Lord asked her those questions and she revealed right. herself to him. Yeah. Time to tell your story. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not just a one and done instance. So uh, I want to turn to Genesis 21, if that's okay, Fred, if you've yeah, shared totally your fine, thoughts. Okay. In Genesis 21, there's like a similar account. So um, Sarah and Abraham send Hagar and Ishmael away. Um, In this passage, it starts in verse 8. So basically, Isaac has been born. Um, Ishmael is 13 now. And we know that he's 13. I think this is actually really important because later in this this passage in 21, it talks about a lad. And sometimes I think people probably read that and picture like this baby. Mm -hmm. But at the end of what we just read uh, in chapter 16, it says, Abraham was 86 years old. And then the very next verse, it says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. I'm not good at math, but I'm reasonably confident that's 13 <laughs> that's years. That's not a baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 13 years old. Pardon me also. Like, I I actually love this scripture passage because I'm like, man, take it into your own hands and you just don't get to hear from God for <laughs> 13, 13 years. years. Okay. He still sees yeah. you, but he might not talk to well, you. He won't talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> so he appeared to him 13 years later. So at this point, Isaac is born in in chapter 21 Isaac mm-hmm. is born and Ishmael's 13 years old maybe 14 at this point cuz Sarah got pregnant and 9 months later you know right. so maybe 14 but um what happens is that um Sarah sees Ishmael kind of mocking um Isaac the word mm-hmm. there it says playing with Isaac but Fred looked up the Hebrew yeah, the original I, Hebrew it's mocking mocking like he's which, make he's making fun of Isaac which funny enough is related to His Isaac's name. actual name in Hebrew in the original, but that's... Yeah, which is laughing. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sarah gets angry, which I don't think Sarah is like, like blameless in any of this, if I'm being perfectly honest, but she gets angry. Spicy, Kara. <laughs> <laughs> and so she goes to Abraham again, and she, she says, I want you to kick them out, mm-hmm. basically. And Abraham is not pleased with this, but God tells him, you know, mm-hmm. do what Sarah has asked. And so they are kicked out. They are sent into the desert. He sends them with food. He sends them with water. And Hagar and Ishmael go out into the desert. And once all of the water and the food that they have been given is gone, scripture says that Hagar cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down over against him a good way off about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, let me not look upon the death of the child. I think this is where it's easy to maybe picture a baby. Because if you have a 13-year-old, you're like, oh, I'm just going to, like, that. he'd just walk right, right back over to you, you know? Right. So maybe some people, it's easier for, to picture a baby. But the word for lad is actually, like, it can be infancy. It can also be adolescence. Adolescence, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it continues. And as she sat over against him, the child lifted up his voice and wept. Um, it actually, there's, like, a footnote here. It actually says that in Hebrew, she lifted up her voice. 
So here it says that Ishmael lifted up his voice and wept, but it could also be translated, she lifted up her voice and wept. And then verse 17 says, and God heard the voice of the lad and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Again, the promise. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. Again, a well from the same as 16. Mm -hmm. And she went and filled the skin of water and gave the lad a drink. And God was with the lad and he grew up and lived in the wilderness. So you see so much there. So I'm actually going to get like a little bit nerdy and in the words and stuff. But the name Ishmael actually means God will hear. And so when he says in chapter 16, you will call him Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. That's what Ishmael means. God mm -hmm. will hear. But the name for Hagar, it means forsaken. And so I think like both of those actually fit like right. and they fit Hagar's story. Mm -hmm. Like what has happened to her? She is forsaken. But who else was forsaken? Jesus. Right. Like I don't think Hagar is always the bad guy here. Right. <laughs> so many things are kind of thrust upon her. And yet God hears, he hears her afflictions and that's where Ishmael gets his name. And then here in chapter 21, God hears what's going on with them. He hears the crying out of Hagar or Ishmael and he comes and he responds and he gives them what they need. He gives them water, he gives them shelter and they grow up where they are in the wilderness. Hmm. I think it's really beautiful. It's a theme in their life. Like, okay, yes, I have this plan for Abraham and Sarah. And so I'm going to bless their plan. But also, I see you. And, so, and hear you. And I hear you. Yeah. And I'm going to bless you with the same promise. And he affirms that twice. Right. I don't know. I just, I think that's a lesson for all of us because maybe sometimes it's really easy to, to look at what other people have or not even just materially, like what mm -hmm. they have in their spiritual life, the saints, what their, what other people's call is from the Lord. And to then be like, well, you're blessing them, but like, do you even see me? I want to do the same or I want to, I want to yeah. give to you. Right. And it's like, he can bless his plan, but he also can bless you. He sees you. He sees what you're going through. God is bigger than that. Yeah. And yeah. to not, and to not let like at the beginning to not let our pride make our heart grow in contempt for right. others or for what God is doing. Oh, that's good, Kara. Yeah, you're right. I've, we've encountered that recently as we, as we've, we've been doing some workshops on the charismatic gifts and mm -hmm. we've heard some people say like, Oh, I, I really admire so-and-so they have so many wonderful gifts, but I leave feeling like, Oh, I don't have any gifts. Yeah, It's the same kind of idea where even in the midst of, yeah, there was a promise given to Abraham, Hagar, Ishmael, they aren't that, that original promise, yeah, the that covenant. fullness mm -hmm. of the promise. Mm -hmm. And yet God still honors his word to yeah. Abraham in that yeah. Ishmael will be a great nation. Yeah. And, and, and all those things. I think that's, it just shows God's faithfulness. It does. So the words of Jesus actually come to mind here, Matthew five forty five, so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven for he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and saying, sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a faithfulness there that that speaks to that he sees yeah. Even the those we would consider unjust or aren't living in the fullness of that promise, mm -hmm. he still sees them. He still provides for them. He still hears their cries. 
He still does that today, like sends so many blessings upon people who just are not aware or disposed to receive it. Right. And they don't even realize it. Yeah. 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 It reminds me of um, St. Therese. She says she she had this prayer and it was basically make up for what I have done poorly. Bring about a greater good had I not done that thing poorly in the first place. And I actually see a lot here in that in Hagar, like make up for what I have done poorly. Well, that was Sarah not trusting in the promise that would bring about a son through her. So she took it into her own hands. And yet in that new thread, like as I have Loki in my head, I'm like this new time thread. (laughs) He's still going to bless that. And I think I can see this even like we minister a lot to high school students and even college students, I think have the same fear. There is almost like a crippling fear that somehow I am going to do something That's not God's plan. Mm -hmm. Somehow I'm going to screw up God's plan. And I think all of us maybe have a a fear or we struggle with this. If it's not a fear, we still take things into our own hands. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of comfort in this particular story because even in taking God's promise into her own hands and bringing about Ishmael, well, I'm saying her by Sarah, (laughs) Sarah Mm -hmm. and Abraham, instead of trusting on God, Sometimes we do the same thing, and yet he's still going to bring about good. Right. We can't we can't miss the mark. If we're striving to follow God and bring about his plan, he's still going to bless our failures. Right. He's still going to bring about maybe even a greater good than have we never failed in the first place. Yeah. I find a lot of comfort in that to know God is bigger than my mess-ups, and he's still going to bring about good. That's the story of our salvation, yeah. Kara. That is the story of Scripture. Oh, happy fault. Who, which won for us so great a redeemer. Every Easter vigil, we pray that prayer. That's so good. Adam, yeah. and he's bigger than our fault in Adam and Eve. He's yeah. bigger. We, we've been messing it up since the very beginning. Yeah. And yet God uses that. And I think that's you see that in this as well. Is like everything that happens in our lives, God allows. Mm-hmm. Either he wills it directly or he allows it to happen for a purpose to bring about something good. Yeah. And it's it can be hard to accept, but Romans eight twenty eight says as much. Yeah, and um, we just have to trust that and know that that that's true. And yeah. I think if our desire is to serve the Lord and follow Him and do His will and to see His promises, all those things, like you said, we're not going to miss it. Well, we're going to mess up. Mm-hmm. I know that's true, but we're not going to miss it. That's not how free will works. Even if sometimes we don't want to do God's will, we don't want to follow his plan. Right. Like we are, we all have a place in our life where like we've been there, right? where we want to cuss at God because we're angry <laughs> right. or because we don't want anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. But he still sees you in the midst of that and he still walks with you in the midst of that. Yeah. And he can still use those dark times to bring about a greater work, a greater healing, mm-hmm. like I think we we were texting the other day and it's like, there can't be a rebuild, a remodel, a refurbishing without the demo day. Yeah. Like one has to follow the other, but it's always better. I've seen enough Chip and Joanna Gaines to know. Oh yeah. I want them to come to my house. <laughs> it's <laughs> always after, better. <laughs> after demo day cause come something better. Yeah. I think this, this passage alone is a very good example of the way that God can still bring blessings. Um, and, I just love the title, like the God who sees in the midst of just feeling unseen that God is there. So I'm going to read a passage and then I'll let Fred close up with his um, with finishing up his post from uh, Facebook. But Hebrews 4.13, it says before him, no creature is hidden. 
but all are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. All are open and laid bare. Some translations say all are naked. And that kind of goes even back to Adam and Eve where it says naked mm. and unashamed. That's like that's also an interior state of life, state of mind where mm. you are just laying everything before God and just like, where are you coming from? Where are you going? And exactly. he sees you in yeah. the midst of that. Yep, yep. So we're going to end where we began. I'll read this post that started this whole discussion and kind of this journey over the last month, month and a half for us both. And it's this. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're finding yourself in a place of feeling like life has just happened to you, maybe right now circumstances have presented themselves that leave you feeling bruised and broken. Maybe through no fault of your own. Feeling like it's hard to get up. Maybe you are tired. Things seem too hard to fix. You're losing hope. If that's you, take courage. Take comfort. There's a God who sees. He sees. He is with you. You may think he's far, but he's never been closer. Call out to him. Heavenly Father, I know you see me. You see my hurts, my scars, my falls. Help me to know and believe that you are with me. Help me to know your love, that I am your beloved child, and you see me. Lord, you say, come to me all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, I give you all my burdens. I lay them at your feet. You see it all. You know me. Lord, stay with me. Fill me with your love and help me to know your peace. There is a God who sees.